five, four, three, two. This is the Come On Network podcast. Come On Network, it's on the come up for sure. The best Pittsburgh-based podcast available. Is that so? If you're committed enough, you can make any story work. I, I once convinced a woman that I was Kevin Costner, and it worked because I believed it. Bringing you the latest in Pittsburgh and national sports and entertainment with guests and a plethora of co-hosts. Can we get a come on? Come on. 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 This is where the fun begins. FNA Cotton FNA. Come on, Network, Episode 69, brought to you by the United States Air Force Reserve. Full-time benefits with part-time service. Check out the website at afreserve.com slash podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Come On Network. Check out our website at comeon.network for blogs, hot takes, merch, and more. And find episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember to hit that subscribe button. Donnie Chedrick, Joe Smelter, no Kyle Dawson with this one. He's off doing Washington Wild Things baseball. So, Joe, we're here breaking down the Hall of Fame game. Steelers defeating the Cowboys on Thursday night. Let's just start it off. Some general thoughts, Joe. Yeah, this game was hardly um, at a Hall of Fame level in terms of quality of play. You know, it's been... Almost two, it's been almost two full years since we watched a preseason NFL game. And I'm not sure about you, Don, but I had forgotten how sloppy these things are NFL football in August. Oh my goodness. I know that sloppy, rusty football is to be expected, but seeing field goals kicked into different area codes, drop passes, missed tackles, it's still pretty damn entertaining, and I, for one, enjoyed it as a so-bad-it's-good type of deal. Ed Bouchette, the great Steelers beat reporter, Hall of Fame beat reporter, sent a tweet during the game complaining about Fox's TV coverage paying too much attention to Hall of Fame weekend festivities and not focusing on the Steelers-Cowboys game enough. For me personally, I would not have blamed Joe Buck or Troy Aikman if they took turns reading The Great Gatsby especially during that first half and into the second half as well. So, yeah, the game wasn't pretty on the eyes, but preseason football, that's to be expected. And, of course, the beauty of the preseason is that, for the most part, to quote Bill Murray in Meatballs, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, I think it it was just nice to have football back. Obviously, it's a long break for all of us, uh, especially whenever we're diehards like we are. Uh, it's been a long near seven months since early January, whenever the Steelers were knocked out in ugly fashion, uh, by the rival Cleveland Browns. Uh, it was just nice to not have any injuries in this one. And I know one that we were all concerned about was Najee Harris. I know you'll get to that in a few minutes, Joe. Uh, but you just don't want to see anybody go down in a game like this. Plus you have to add the fact that the Steelers have, somewhat of an advantage over every other team besides the Cowboys 
Now with the new NFL schedule, there will be three preseason games and 17 regular season games. The Steelers still have four preseason games. So Mike Tomlin and the coaching staff have an extra game to judge and scout what players they're going to want on this final 53-man roster. And that's something that we will look to as well uh, as the preseason goes on. We're going to release our 53-man roster predictions following each preseason game uh, a few days after the game takes place. Uh, But Tomlin said before the game that guys cannot win a roster spot with the first preseason game of the year, but they can certainly build a nice floor to stand on. I think a handful of guys did that tonight, uh, especially the guy that I'll eventually name my player of the game when we get to that later. Uh, and, And some intriguing position battles that we can certainly talk about as the preseason moves on. Uh, Joe, your big takeaway from this one, I know I kind of uh, alluded to it a few moments ago, uh, but the Steelers' new running back getting some action in the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, I alluded to it. it. You spoiled it, Donnie. Thanks. No, I'm kidding. Uh, My takeaway is that the Steelers, Matt Canada, Mike Tomlin, they need to relax, chill out on Najee Harris in this preseason. I don't say that to knock the rookie from Alabama at all. I think he is going to thrive in this league, and that's why the Steelers shouldn't be giving him, you know, seven carries in a preseason game. Seven carries doesn't seem like all that much, but when you compare that to Anthony McFarland only getting three carries, McFarland's the guy that should be getting more of a look in this preseason comp- competing for that number two running spot, running back spot, excuse me, behind Harris. Uh, Don, we both said before the game we didn't think Harris should dress at all. I've kind of um, pulled back on that. I think uh, you understand, you know, it's a rookie. Rookies are going to get time in preseason kind of regardless of what their expectation is. But for him to still be in the game uh, well past the midway point in the second quarter, uh, that doesn't sit well for me. And I hope that throughout these remaining preseason games, the Steelers aren't giving Harris a heavy workload and risking injury for him um, before week one in Buffalo. Because seeing a guy like that go down in the preseason especially, is not something – it's not a good thought for any one of us at all. Yeah, Najee wasn't even the only guy that I had concerns about playing in this game, Uh, but he was at the top of that list of guys that I did not want to play that ended up dressing. Uh, Obviously, the the veterans that are long, uh, you know, past proving their worth, you can – you could say Big Ben not dressing, Joe Hayden, Cam Hayward, T.J. Watt, who uh, is still working out a potential contract with the Steelers. All of those veterans didn't have to worry about it. And I understand that Najee Harris is a rookie. He should have been on the sidelines in a T-shirt and shorts, uh, as should someone like Chase Claypool, who had an, an injury scare tonight uh, after a, a nice reception down the far sideline it's things like that that worry me in the preseason and again the Steelers have an extra preseason game they should have taken advantage of that not worried about playing any guy that will almost for sure make this roster except for the true position battles that you have you know you have the backup quarterback dilemma you have a few running backs in the fold one of those guys will be the odd man out 
uh, some of the young receivers. Uh, the tight end position will have a guy or two that is an odd man out, you know, defensive line. Everywhere has plenty of battles that are going to be won in the preseason and in camp. And that's why I think they should have used this extra game to not play anybody that is for sure going to be on the roster. So now you're down to those three preseason games. Obviously, you'll see the starters play a little bit more in the second one. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger should probably see a series or two. Then in that third game, Ben and company may get a whole quarter. Ben might get half of the first quarter. We know he plays very, very limited snaps in preseason games. And that fourth one is going to truly come down to the final guys uh, that make this 53-man roster because by that time it'll be cut down a little bit and it will be a battle amongst guys truly fighting for their professional football lives. Almost all of the starters uh, and even a lot of second teamers won't have to worry about that one. But one of the the battles uh, I wanted to talk about as my takeaway is that backup quarterback job, Joe. Uh, And I know you'll have some to chime in on this. Dwayne Haskins has been the talk of the town, you could say, for being a potential backup quarterback. Uh, The former first-round pick out of Ohio State by the Washington football team a few years back. Uh, A surprising cut by the Washington football team last year. You don't see that happen with recently acquired first-round talent. But Haskins had a lot of maturity issues. Uh, He wasn't terrific on the field either. Uh, I don't think he was awful on the field with Washington, uh, but the maturity issues and off the field stuff really didn't help his cause. We saw him for the first time in game action as a Pittsburgh Steeler tonight. He didn't set the world on fire. Uh, Eight of 13, 54 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. He did not take a sack. Uh, He had two carries, two scrambles, you could say for four yards in the game. Look at a comparison. Uh, Mason Rudolph, six of nine, 84 yards. He had no touchdowns, no picks. And then Josh Dobbs, four of six, 37 yards. He did have a touchdown late in that game as the Steelers won 16 to three over the Cowboys. I don't know what it is, though. I still think I like Dwayne Haskins over Mason Rudolph. For a while, I I was a Mason Rudolph defender and somebody that thought Mason Rudolph is pretty firmly in that second spot with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But again, coming into tonight, thinking he does have something to prove. He should feel some pressure on himself with Haskins behind him. And I think that gap is getting closer and closer as the days go on. It's been reported that he has not looked good in Steelers practice and that Haskins has looked better than he has. And I think tonight, even though numbers-wise, you could say Rudolph looks better, Joe, uh, Rudolph had that mistake on the very first drive, uh, the fumble where the the Cowboys recovered. It was your boy Micah Parsons out of Penn State. Uh, Haskins came in, again, didn't set the world on fire, but didn't look bad either, at least to me. And then Josh Dobbs surprised me a little bit. And I, I, I just feel like Josh Dobbs and Dwayne Haskins have so much more poise and are just so much more calm than Mason Rudolph. He, he's in, what, his third or fourth season. He still looks very nervous and 
my most concerning thing is that Mason Rudolph looks afraid when he's back there. And obviously this is a game you can't play with fear and he's at the most important position playing with fear. So we'll see how it breaks down as the preseason goes on, but I'm starting to like Dwayne Haskins more over Mason Rudolph. And there may be a point where I even like Josh Dobbs over Mason Rudolph. Yeah, my, I don't have an issue with people preferring Haskins to Rudolph, but I feel like the Dwayne Haskins hype train that's developed over the summer has gone beyond, okay, this guy's better than Mason Rudolph to, okay, this is Ben Roethlisberger's successor right here. Um, I don't understand the Haskins hype too much. I'm not a Mason Rudolph apologist by any stretch. I don't think he has much of a future with the Steelers organization aside from carrying that clipboard on the sidelines. But having said that, I feel that the Dwayne Haskins hype train is 60% cockeyed optimism, 30% one good year at Ohio State three years ago, which keep in mind, there are a good bit of Ohio State alumni and fans and fans in this area, you included, Donald. Um, and then the other 10% is Steeler fans simply missing football and wanting to be excited about training camp and people that do well in training camp. Defensive back James Pierre, another example of that. I'm not saying Dwayne Haskins is a scrub. I'm not saying he'll never be a starter in the NFL again. And I'm not saying, I'm not even saying that he can't, 100% can't replace Big Ben whenever that time comes because that is a thought, though. That might happen. But what I'm saying is that we simply don't know yet. Throwing a beautiful ball in training camp proves nothing. Showing promise in tonight's pile of goulage shows nothing, and I hope that Haskins is what the Steelers slash Ohio State fanboys say that he is going to be, but I'm not going as far as to predict it yet. There's a reason he got released by the Washington football team after Week 16 while the Washington football team was still fighting for a playoff spot. And in addition, you touched on this, Donnie, in addition to being unproven on the field, off the field, his work ethic and off the field issues have been called into question as well. And there just isn't enough proof in the pudding for me to believe that Haskins has fixed those question marks either. So let's hope for the best from Dwayne Haskins, but let's pump the brakes for now. Okay. Yeah, certainly one of the, the great battles that we'll see uh, for the rest of training camp. I think the extra running back battle, uh, Najee is safe. Uh, but I don't know who the, the safe player will be after him. Maybe uh, Booger McFarland. Uh, but beyond that, Jalen Samuels, Kalen Balage, and Benny Snell, I think any of those three guys could possibly be on the chopping block. And Benny Snell not playing tonight, certainly not helping his cause in that very first game. We'll take a break here, Joe. We'll come back, name our player of the game before we wrap it up. You're listening to episode 69 of the Come On Network podcast. It's a calling that's kept us free. It's a place to belong. What's the calling? It's doing a job that makes a difference. Serving your community and your country. It's part-time service where the impact is full-time. What's your calling? Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. 
Zetterberg and Stahl to go for it with six and a half to go. Off the tie-up, it comes back to the point. Rapolsky, the shot, knocked down and comes back. Doc Emmerich here. If you want to know all about sports, just stay right where you are. The Come On Network. Welcome back. Come On Network, episode 69. Donnie Chedrick, Joe Smelter breaking down the Hall of Fame game. Steelers defeating the Cowboys 16-3. Joe, player of the game. Originally, I was going to be an ass and say that nobody deserves a player of the game uh, for that catastrophe, but I'll go with Alex Highsmith. The stats look modest. Um, just three tackles overall, two solo tackles, and one sack as one of three uh, starters that um, played uh, that uh, first quarter for the Steelers. Uh, started in the first quarter, the other two being Robert Spillane and Cam Sutton. But watching the game, uh, you could just see that uh, Highsmith um, hasn't lost a step from last year. He was beating his man. His spin move worked well. He had that sack on Garrett Gilbert, I believe, in the Cowboys' first offensive possession. Um, he does. He has all the tools, and he definitely um, didn't do anything to detract from the confidence that he's built up within this fan base ever since he was drafted in April of 2020. Um, so... Yeah, uh, my player again, we're going to go on the defensive side. Uh, they did their job, only allowed three points, and I'll go with Alex Highsmith. And hopefully the addition of Melvin Ingram, another guy that could potentially, um, I'm, I'm not expecting Melvin Ingram to start, but he has that starter capability. Having that guy to push Alex Highsmith to be his best, even more than uh, he are, even more than he already is, um, that'll help too. The addition of Melvin Ingram will help in uh, that regard. So yeah, Highsmith looked good uh, tonight, and I'm excited to see uh, what he can do in year number two. Yeah, if Highsmith goes into the season as a starter, starting caliber player, and the Steelers have Melvin Ingram as the third guy in that rotation, I'm going to like the spot there. And Quincy Roche also had uh, some decent rushes off the edge tonight, including a sack of uh, Pittsburgh kid Ben DiNucci. My player of the game is the new punter. Uh, he hasn't officially won the job yet, but tonight he set a very high bar for Jordan Barry, who is the incumbent coming in. But Presley Harvin, the rookie, three punts inside the 20, uh, a great punt early in the game. It, it landed just before the goal line and pinned Dallas deep, uh, a long punt of 51 yards. This guy is an absolute hoss. He looks like me if I was a punter, uh, 5'10", about 250, 260, uh, and just an absolute unit uh, with a bomb of a leg. So I'm, I'm excited to see this guy grow as a stealer, and I, I think it does mean bad news for your boy Jordan Berry, Joe, because you don't really draft a punter if you don't plan on keeping him on the team. So I would think that that would mean good things for Presley Harvin, and that might mean good things in the Steelers' special teams game, especially when they have to punt the ball away. But you got to remember that it is one-third of the game. That'll do it for us, Episode 69 of the Come On Network podcast. Again, the Steelers defeating the Cowboys 16-3 to in the 2021 NFL Hall of Fame game. Remember, we are brought to you by the United States Air Force Reserve. Full-time benefits with part-time service. Check out the website at afreserve.com slash 
Pit Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Come On Network. Check out our website at comeon.network for blogs, hot takes, merch, and more. And find episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember to hit that subscribe button. Steelers victorious in the Hall of Fame game. We will have our 53-man roster predictions out early this weekend. We'll also have a reaction episode coming next Friday morning after the Steelers take on the Philadelphia Eagles in week two of the preseason. But for now, stay safe. Here we go, Steelers, and come on. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.